There is a, a lot of talk about how COVID has changed the world and changed the way that we live. And of course, there, there's some truth in that. But as Christians, we know that nothing has changed the world. Nothing has impacted humanity. Nothing has transformed lives and continues to transform lives like the resurrection of Jesus. The mystery that we are dwelling in during these weeks after Easter. Today, I want to reflect a little on why. What changed after the resurrection? Why, after Jesus rose from the dead, was God suddenly able to do such extraordinary things in the lives of very ordinary people, people just like you and me? Now, those of you who know your scripture may be thinking to yourself, well, I know why. It was the Holy Spirit, right? After the resurrection, Jesus ascended to the Father and he sent his spirit into the hearts of his people. And it was the spirit that brought about the change. It was the spirit of God that changed the world, right? And, and, and that's true. But, but that's not the whole picture. You see, there was something that the followers of Jesus also did which unleashed the power of God's spirit in their lives and in the world. And that's what I want to focus in on today. You see, if you examine the lives of people right throughout the centuries who have been most impacted by the resurrection, you'll notice that there is a characteristic that is common to them all. Here it is. Because of the resurrection, Christ had become the very centre of their life. That was the key to all change. That was the key to the power of the resurrection actually becoming a live, real power in the world. That the people who encountered the resurrection actually um, responded by putting Christ at the very heart, the very centre of their life. That through the resurrection, they realised that Jesus could no longer just be a, 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 a great teacher or, or someone that they go to when they need some help, like a miracle worker or something. Because Jesus had overcome death, the only fitting place for him was to be at the centre of their life, was, was to be their Lord, was to be the source of their life, the one that they live from and the, the one that they live for. That's what brought the change. The best example of what this looks like at least the best example I can think of is, is parenting. Now, parents, you know this much better than me. When your child comes along, when your child came along, especially your first child, in that instant, your life was suddenly no longer about you, right? In a moment. From that point on, you were never the same. The, the emphasis and the orientation of your life forever changed. Suddenly, you were no longer at the centre of your universe, right? I know for some first-time parents, this is quite shocking. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, what happened? <laughs> You're not ready for it. Nothing can prepare you for that. It's so life-altering. It's so paradigm-shifting. But of course, even as your children grow into adults, 
they still remain your concern, don't they? They're still constantly in your thoughts. Your hopes and your desires and your happiness are, are, are kind of enmeshed with theirs. Your life will always, to some degree, be about them, be about your children. Parenting, in, in, a, in a really profound way, it points us to the deepest truth of our humanity, and that is that we are not designed to be the centre of our own lives, to be the centre of our own world, right? When we are the centre, when we do focus upon ourselves, it's a recipe for misery, right? We've probably experienced that at some point in our life. Now, no one knew this truth like the saints. And this is why they became saints, because they knew this. They knew that we are designed with a longing and a need for God to be at the centre, to be the source and the goal of our life. We, we, we see a vision of this uh, in the second reading today, uh, which comes from the book of Revelation, the very end of the Bible. And, and, and John, he's giving us like a, a glimpse into heaven, right? It's a vision of heaven. And what are people doing in heaven? Well, they're, they're all gathered around the throne of the Lamb, around Christ. And, and, and everything, it's all about giving glory and praise to God. It might seem like heaven's this 24-7 worship service, like a church service, but that's not the point. The point is that um, in heaven, in life how it's supposed to be, uh, God's at the, in the, the centre. Everything we're doing flows from God and he's pointed towards God. It's the purpose of our lives, to have God at the centre. Augustine said it beautifully, huh? God, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless. We are lacking. We are incomplete. Until it rests in you, until you're in the center of everything that we do, everything that we are. The simple reason why God was able to have such a great impact in the lives of the saints is because they learned how to live with Christ at the center of their life. Jesus wasn't just a part of their life, but was the key focus of their heart. Everything that they did flowed from their relationship with Christ and pointed them back towards Christ. It reminds me of um, the psalmist, Psalm 116. He has this moment where he realises all the great things that God's given to him. He says, he says to God, what, what return can I give to you for everything that you've given me? Have you ever had that moment? You're like, God, oh my God, my, what could I possibly do to respond to you? And then he answers his own question. He says, I know what I'll do. The only fitting thing I can do in response to what God has given me, he says, I will call on the Lord's name. I will fulfill my vows. In other words, I will give it all back to God. I will use everything that God has given me to shine the light back on God, to give God the glory. Because it's all his anyway. <laughs> the saints, they all seem to have this profound awareness that their life was not their own. Not only were they created by God, but they created for God. Everything that they were given was supposed to be centred and point them towards their creator. 
I can't help but also think of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Many of you would know he was the founder of the Jesuits, which I think is still the largest religious order in the world. And he was a man who glorified God in, in a really remarkable way. In fact, his motto, the motto of the Jesuits, is for the greater glory of God, right? That was the, the point. That was his, his, his mission statement in life. But Ignatius wasn't always this way. When he was growing up, it was quite the opposite. It was all about his own glory, right? If you read a little bit about his story, you'll, you'll notice that, like many of us, he used to daydream about fame, about power and influence. And, and then when he was 30, he, uh, he had an opportunity to go off to war. And, and he did that thinking that he'd be this great warrior. He had this idea of coming back as hero, you know, like... Uh, applauded by all, idolised. But then, of course, in the war, he was badly injured and, and he was laid up for, for, for a long time, uh, recovering. And, and during that time, he had nothing else to do, right? So he picked up a few books, the only books that were, that were near him, and, and one was on the saints and one was on the life of Christ. And it was through those books that Ignatius encountered a very different kind of glory. In those books, he encountered the glory of God. He, he encountered uh, a God who glorified, he, uh, uh, who was glorified not, not through um, pointing to himself, but a God who, who glorified himself by, by, by laying his life down, by becoming one like us and giving his life in love of others. It was that glory that changed Ignatius's life. It, it changed everything in him. As, as he encountered the glory of God, the glory of his love, the glory of his sacrifice, the glory of his goodness, it, it, it just shifted all of his motivations. Now he realised that the only fitting thing that he could do with his life, the only way that, that he could um, really live a life that was uh, true and meaningful was to respond to the love of God by, by living no longer for himself, but, but by living for God. As Ignatius did this, as he shifted his motivation, as he put Christ at the centre of his life, God was able to do just ex the most extraordinary things through his life. 500 years later, we still celebrate his contribution to the church and the world. He still has a great impact through his teaching, through the religious order that he founded. You see, the saints all knew that even though we are created to give God glory with our lives, God actually doesn't need our glory. So what happens is that when we, when we glorify God, when we shine the light on God, God, he gives it back to us. You know, he, he reflects it back to us. And, and we become more and more a reflection of that glory. That's true with all the saints, right? They all became conduits. They all became a reflection of the light of the glory of God. When, when, when our heart is centred on God, 
everything else in our life will expand and flourish. That's the promise and the witness of the saints. So, how about you? Has the resurrection convinced you that Jesus needs to be the Lord, the centre of your life too? You see, we live in a world that's not very sympathetic to the idea of living for God, right? (laughs) The idea of glorifying God's not really popular in our society. In fact, often we receive the opposite message, don't we? Glorify you. Glorify yourself. Live for you. So how do we do it? How do we put Jesus at the centre of, of our lives? Well, here's one thing that I need to keep doing myself. I need to keep checking in on my motivations. I need to keep asking myself, is the goal of my work and my ministry and my relationships and my leisure and all the different areas of my life, is the goal of that to shine the light on God? Or is it about shining the light on me? Is it about my own glory? I need to be honest with myself often because without realising it, my insecurity can easily take over at times, right, and try and turn the attention back on me, try and feel my own emptiness. So that's the first thing I think is really important for us to do, just keep being honest with ourselves. Is the way that I use my money, is the way, is my sexuality, my relationships, all the areas of our life, is this about giving, is this giving glory to God? Is this shining the light on God? Or is it all about me? There's one other essential thing that's necessary if we want to center our life on Jesus. And this brings us to our very short gospel passage today. Jesus had just spoken about himself as the good shepherd. He says, I'm, I'm the shepherd that will lay down my life for you. I, I will lead you to the best pasture, to the fullest life. And then today, he says, The sheep that belong to me, the sheep that have centred their life on me, the sheep that will inherit this rich pasture are the ones who listen to my voice. I know them, Jesus says, because they listen to my voice and then they follow me. It starts with listening. If we want Jesus to be at the the centre of our life, if we want to live for God's glory, it starts with listening to the voice of the shepherd. Every day we need to invest time to to hear the voice of God. However you do that, maybe it's it's reading the scriptures or just, just, just spending time in silence, just being attentive to God's voice. This is a non-negotiable. There's there's no other way, really, that we can build that relationship with the shepherd. It's only in the context of that relationship, as we hear the voice of God, that we, we, we discover that other glory, the glory of God's love, that glory that Ignatius and, and all the saints discovered, the glory that changes our motivations. We need to invest that time each and every day, even when it doesn't feel like it's I don't know, uh, helpful or good or exciting. 
and to listen to the voice of the shepherd. You know what's really exciting about all this? If heaven is about living with Christ at the very centre of our lives, then what that means is that we can start to experience heaven here and now. We enter into heaven to the degree that we centre our life on Christ by listening to him and by giving him glory in everything that we do. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.